Hi everyone, what's your highlight of the week? Thank you for joining us again tonight. This is MIT podcast. MIT stands for Mindset into Transformation. I'm Benjamin Huang, your host tonight. Here we have conversation with people who have done extraordinary thing in their life, how their mindset shift to help them achieve it. We discuss their story of success and the mindset that drive them into achieving the impossible. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. Today we have a very special guest joining us today.、Um, his specialty may be an interest of some of you. Brent、uh, Bauer, how are you, Brent? I'm great, Benjamin. Thanks for having me on the MIT podcast.、Uh, I love the、uh, the name "Mindset into Transformation."、Uh, really, because it starts. It, it all starts with mindset. Exactly. Yeah, I I can't wait um to to cover our our conversation today. There's a lot of contents that we can get into. Um, just just to just to kickstart, uh, what should people know about? Give us a brief introduction of your of yourself. Yeah, I mean, the first thing is like I'm always working on mindset. You know, does it does it is it does it always come easy? Absolutely not. Do do I have rough days? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, but my mindset, you know, it's usually it gets me right back on track.、Um, I mean, my story kind of started 2004, graduated high school, always wanted to get into real estate.、Uh, I already had a lawn and landscape company that I had started、uh, pretty much in like I think fifth grade. And thanks to my parents, God bless them for you know supporting me and being there and driving me around to all these、uh, lawn accounts over the summer and the weekends. Ultimately, it turned into a business where we had a A couple people helping, and then my dad ultimately came out with me.、Um, and about 2007, a couple years after I graduated high school, I ended up just、uh, pretty much turning the business over to him. And I got my real estate license and bought a rental and moved moved away. And、uh, then 2008 happened, and it was pretty rough on me. And I kind of did a reset with my life、uh, in 2009. Went back to school, joined the military simultaneously. It's basically the military paid for my schooling. I was out of the country for several years, and 2013 got pulled back into the United States to go back to college because、uh, I was deployed overseas a couple times. Plus, I was living in Germany、uh, with the military.、Uh, 2013, I started college. Really, the ultimate goal why I joined the military was to go to college and and you know just kind of reset. And、uh, I started house hacking, bought another rental,、uh, had roommates, and then. Did a cash out refi with that, and then bought another rental and started wholesaling.、Um, ultimately, it turned into the ultimate passive income business of buying and selling vacant raw land, which is what I want to talk about today. You know, or what I'm passionate about. This this is fascinating. You know,、um, how so?、Uh, there's a, a lot of questions. You know, that 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 come up to me when you're just you know giving a brief introduction.、Um, let's start with the the closest、yeah. one, right? When when you when you、uh, are in college, you're doing house hacking. How did the house hacking turn into a land business? You know, great great question. I actually started with rentals, and then I kind of accumulated quite a bit of debt because I was paying for、uh, private college courses. Or basically, I was going to a private school, paying for those courses. I was taking like eight courses at a time because the army had me in a very strict timeline. I had to get my Four-year degree in 21 months, basically.、Um, so I was buying these rundown rentals or rundown properties that were vacant, turning them into pretty rentals,、wow. and I was really I accumulated a ton of debt. 
plus I was having to pay for classes, plus I got student loans to help me renovate these properties. By the way, you can use student loans for pretty much anything, uh, and it could be real estate investing. And I now am married. Uh, fast forward <laughs> a little bit. We're moving across the country. Uh, then we start having babies, and I'm always away, always gone, always, always deployed, always training, always in the field. And I'm like noticing that, like, look, I'm never home to see my wife or my children, and things have to change. Like, I need to to get out of the military. I want to be home with my wife. I want to be home with my my children every night, you know, for breakfasts and dinners and things like that. And I was searching for answers because I was still doing household mm -hmm. selling because that kind of turned into a little bit of an addiction, even though I was still serving mm -hmm. in the military. So I paid off all those debts, really, you know, the Home Depot card and the, the uh, Amex, all this, the debt I ran up, uh, buying those three rentals back to back to back. And I was still wholesaling houses, but I knew there had to be a better way mm -hmm. to build a business that would support me and my family and eventually others and allow me the time freedom and, you know, the, the financial freedom. Because most people don't get in the business to work, you know, another 12 hours a day because exactly. we're already working 12 hours a day in our job. Mm -hmm. And where people fall short, I believe, is they replace their job with the business they paid for. And now yeah. it becomes another job. So I was searching for answers like the MIT podcast um, and heard about, about a guy. And this was early 2016. I'm currently stationed at Fort Carson, Colorado. I'm working like 12-hour days. I have a basically a year-old baby at home, a, a wife that we haven't been married too long. I still want to see her, you know. <laughs> um, and I heard about this guy just flipping land overnight and like quadrupling his income. And he was like buying this land, let's just say for like $500 and selling it for 2000 So he was like flipping this over, stuff overnight and quadrupling his money, I should say, not his income. And that's a heck of an ROI. And I'm like, wow, I'm not doing it that fast with, with houses and wholesaling and rentals. Rentals is like the slowest path to wealth I've ever, ever seen. Like I, I now have four rentals and I'm not even cash flowing. I'm barely breaking even on these things. <laughs> So this is obviously not the way to, to get rich or to replace my income. Mm -hmm. So I took a chance. I started mailing the land. My phone blew up and I did a cash deal. I just flipped to a realtor, made a quick $5,000. The next one I seller financed for 500 down, 400 a month. And now I have a, I have a seller financing note coming in and it's paying my truck payment. And I just kept doing it and doing it until wow. I had about nine grand a month coming in. Interesting. And I no longer needed to to rely on the military to pay me. So I started making my way to get out. I submitted my packet and was ultimately, luckily, thank God I was approved. And I was out May, 2018 and haven't looked back since. Nice, nice. Brent, um, I, I assume you're referring to the business uh, that you're currently running the, the Land Shark or is that a different business? So the Land Sharks is a company I just created about a year and a half ago. And that is how I train people to build land businesses that serve them and their families and others. Um, so you're turning into an educator. Both, yeah. So I still do land deals. I still have a team. We still own a land company, but uh, I use, I part-time educate, and uh, it's, been a, it's been a blast. You enjoy uh, both, or is there a specific um, business that, that, you know, excite you most? I love them both. And here's the reason why. I literally went and looked at a piece of land this morning uh, with my son. And 
that's like the thrill of the hunt. You know, the lion and the gazelle. You know, if, if the gazelle doesn't run, the lion's yeah. not excited. So that's kind of like my gazelle, the land, going out and taking down mm-hmm. deals. And the education side is I love when a student wins by taking consistent directed action steps. And that's how the course is set up. It's it's we've created it different from no other. We give action exactly. steps. Not we're not educating. Like I'm giving you instruction, you take mm-hmm. the action, and the result will come, hopefully a land deal that you make money on, and that's where your education is gonna come from as you learn the process. Exactly. Just like our our previous guests, uh old all the people, all the great people who have done the great things come to our show. Keep emphasizing one thing, taking action. Right? If you don't take actions, nothing will happen. Right? So mindset is the thing that um, drives you to take the first step. And um, yeah. the path forward is going to be something that you need to keep pushing yourself, taking action to. This is this is great, great um, story. Um so in terms of the land business, you want to give us uh some, you know, as a beginner um or you know someone just get out of, you know, high school or college, why should they be looking at the land business and how should they get into it and what's what's a like like how's the business model look like? Yeah, great question. So, I mean, I can tell you how it started with me. I didn't have a lot of time and I surely didn't have any money when I started my land business. And it's not like going out and getting a loan for $127,000 to buy a rental property. Um, also, I have to insure it um, because I have a bank loan on it. And then I've got to get a renter in there to hopefully help me pay that mortgage. Because, And I'm giving you an example of that first house I bought in 2007. I, I, I roughly took out a mortgage for $127,000. My mortgage payment was almost uh, 800 a month. I rented it out for nine fifty. dollars wow. Well, do the math. That's $150 a month net. That's all I'm netting. So when the water heater goes out and I got to spend almost $600 for that, when the septic system went out and I had to pay $4,000 for that, I'm not even making $400 a month net. If I was, that would have taken me 10 months just to pay for that septic system. So basically, I was losing money. Now, granted, we're not talking about appreciation where the market goes up and your investment's worth more or the mortgage pay down that your tenant is is doing for you or the depreciation, basically the tax benefits that the government gives us, mm-hmm. the IRS for this this house. But it's just so much more difficult than that first piece of land that I purchased for $285. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to negotiate. The seller said, hey, I'll take $285. Um, I had no clue what it was worth. I went and looked at the land, me, my one-year-old at the time, my wife, and a friend of mine, we went and looked at this land, and I had no clue what it was worth, so I called the real estate office at the, the bottom of the hill, and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm familiar with that street. Um, I told her I was in the process of buying it, and I was just curious what I could sell it for on the MLS if I listed it with mm-hmm. her, and she told me, maybe maybe $10,000, uh, it'll t- I take a, like a couple months, and I was looking for the 30-day get it done now price. I wanted the like I wanted the blowout mm-hmm. price like like a Walmart special. Like I didn't want my $285 sitting in this cuz I didn't have a lot of money at the time. I just bought a new house. I just moved across the country. I have a 1-year-old. We have diapers. <laughs> <laughs> you name it. I had every bill there cool. was. And the lady the the real estate agent, God bless her, she goes, "Well, what if what if I bought it from you? Would you be What if I made an offer on it?" I said, "How much are you offering?" She said, "$5,000." I said, when do you want to buy it? 
And she's like, well, we can close next Wednesday. And it's Saturday, mind you. I was like, like in four days? She goes, yeah. Yeah, no problem. I'm familiar with this area. Um, she saw something. She saw speculation. Mm-hmm. She knew why this land was not buildable. Hence, while I was getting it for $285 because there was only one ingress, one egress. So the firefighters would not allow you to build. So the city had to approve a road to go across the railroad tracks to build on this land. And now the land's worth like 100000 Like, it's still not buildable to this day, you know. But she knew what she was getting into because she sold real estate. So I made $5,000. Now I'm hooked. I literally bought another property that next day for $500. And I, I, I didn't really know what I was getting into once again. This land was surrounded by national, I'm sorry, not national forest. It was state land on this property. It was 4.7 acres. I bought it for 500 bucks. And I put in the description on Craigslist. I said, no access that's legal. You've got to go across the state mm-hmm. land. It's going to take a real estate attorney that knows ingress, egress, contact the title company for help. Well, I had a buyer that night that brought me $500 down. So my money is out. And the reason why I seller financed this one, I thought it was going to be tough. I thought it was going to be hard to sell this one. So I was like, ah, let me just get my 500 bucks back. I'll worry about the rest later. I had $500 down that day, pretty much. Um, actually, it was really the next day. 500 down, 400 a month for the next 10 months. So basically, or 11 months. I sold it for 5,000 wow. once again. And that didn't take much money. I had my money right back out of the deal. I didn't have to go get a bank loan. I didn't need credit. And how did I find these landowners? These guys were on the the tax delinquent list. They weren't out-of-state owners, which a lot of people, oh, it's got to be tax delinquent and out-of-state. No, it doesn't. If it's land, make sure that landowner hears from you. That's my strategy. Like I want to make sure that landowners hear from me and they get an offer in the mail. And we've we've streamlined it to where it's all done for us. Mm The offers go out every single day. I'm sure it doesn't sound as easy, right? I mean, there's a lot of things, you know, um, gone through throughout the process, right? I mean, first of all, that it, uh, you know, sounds like land is a is a, a under market deal, right? How how did you find those deals in the first place? I I, I know you talk about you know mailing and things like that. I want to yeah. give us more content. I'll tell you exactly how I got it. Um, so I was already mailing something called the tax delinquent list. This is basically properties where owners are not paying their taxes mm-hmm. and the county, they want those taxes paid. So they'll publish a list either on the internet or on, you know, in the newspaper. And you just want to know, know if your area is a tax lien state or a tax deed state and just understand those things. So research those. This is, I'm not going to give an education right. on that because to be honest with you, like I don't, I don't claim to understand it. I know if they don't pay those taxes, they'll eventually lose that exactly. land. That's all you need to know because I'm looking for people that are a little bit motivated to sell this land at a massive discount. Mm-hmm. And why is it got to be a massive discount? Because I'm looking for one man's trash and I'm going to give it to another man that's going to treasure right. it and I'm going to hold the financing for it. Um, so I buy this land at discounts so I can make a profit on it, on the markup. I'm not marking it up more than what it's worth. I'm just selling it for what it is worth. And then I do, I put the little cherry on top because I allow people to make payments. I see. And that is the way Americans think. Like, hey, I want to go out and buy a car. I can only afford 300 a month. What's the payment going to be? Not what's the total price of this right. car. 
you know, it's how much is the payment going to be? So I'm mailing something called the tax delinquent list. These are vacant parcels of land where owners of the land, they either inherited it, they gave, they they got it in a will, whatever. Mom left it to Mm -hmm. them. They bought it 20 years ago because they want to build a cabin on it. Um, And most of the time, this stuff is in the outside, like just outside of the, where the growth is happening. Will I buy land in the cities? Absolutely. But most of the best deals I get are just outside of the path of growth. Right, right. So, um, you mentioned about the payment. I think that it, that is a that is another great topic that that we can get get more deeper into. Um, do you mind sharing with us how you structure those payment and you know how yeah. do you need to you know talk to the buyers? You know how much they can afford. Is there a back and forth negotiation? How 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 that play out? Absolutely. You named all of it. We're so flexible because most of the time we own this land free and clear or I've got a partner on it and the the land is paid for. We're like, we're not having to ask a bank, you know, like for rules, like um, we don't have to ask someone to sell it because we own it free and clear. We have no payments on it. So Benjamin, you come to me saying, you know, I see on your website, you're asking for, you know, $15,000 down. Um, would you budge or you call on the land and I'm asking 15,000 down to 500 a month for the next 30, just to say it, 30 years, 360 mm-hmm. months. Um, and I get you on the phone, Benjamin, and I say, Hey, you know, Benjamin, what's a, what's a doable down payment? You know, what could you put down to go ahead and lock in your land today? Because mm-hmm. if you called me on it, you're probably somewhat interested. Actually, let me back up. I was just doing sales training with my, uh, my land sales specialist yesterday. And I told him a question to ask instead of that. It was, hey, Benjamin, were you looking to pay all cash for the land or did you need payments or would you prefer payments? And then you say, most of the time people are going to say, well, payments sound good. Great. You know, we're asking $15,000 down. What's a doable down payment for you to be able to lock in this land today? And you might say, well, look, I can't come up with 15000 but I can come up with 6800 Great. What what's a what's an affordable monthly payment? We're asking for we're asking five fifty a month, and you say, well, you know, four fifty is about where I can be. No problem. We're gonna look at it, and we can we can if we're shooting to get forty thousand for that land, we can just change a couple scenarios. You know, less down mm-hmm. payment, less monthly payment, but we can extend the term, or we can right. increase the interest yeah. rates. You name it. Like in the mm-hmm. beginning, when I was just learning this, that first four hundred dollars a month I told you about. I must have went a couple of years and never charged anybody any interest whatsoever. Yeah. Well, the IRS doesn't like that. They want to see you charging interest. So I did. And the next year we made like 6000 in interest. And let nice. me tell you, my mindset just completely changed. It was a total paradigm shift because I saw that as we were already making money on the markup because we're buying it at like one third the price. Like if it's worth $30,000, we are buying it for ten, basically, you know, $0.33 mm-hmm. cents on the dollar. And then I saw that interest and I was just like, holy cow, we literally just printed money. And that's what the exactly. banks do. That's all we do. You're basically making yourself a bank. Exactly. So how how did, uh, well, I guess there, there got to be, you know, attorney involved and things like that, right? So do they structure the contract uh, for you guys or things like that, like in case they don't, you don't make the monthly payment or something like that? Like house, dude. Have you ever experienced, you know, uh, event like that? People are not making monthly payment. 
Oh yeah, unfortunately, that's part of this business. Um, so yes, we do in, we do involve an attorney in the beginning. Basically, I want them to give me the forms that they approve for the state that I'm in. Um, I mostly use contracts for deed, um, but if if I sell the land through a title company. A lot of times we'll do a deed of trust and a promissory note. The title company sets that up for us. And that would be a foreclosure if they stopped paying for that land. Um, I'd have to go through an actual foreclosure with, with, uh, you know, with court system. Um, on my contract for deeds, basically it's called a cancellation of contract for deed. We notify them, certified mail, text, phone call, email, all these things, but we do everything we can to work it out to where we can restructure the payments or modify it or, you know, knock the interest rate down. Cause at the end of the day, we, there's, there's always more land, but we've already sold this parcel. This buyer's already got money involved and tied up into this parcel. I don't want them to lose that. So I want to figure out a way to make it work for them. We've paused payments for people. Um, and sometimes people will just completely walk away and we're already profitable on the land. Um, and that happens, you know, I would say one out of probably every 15 or 16 contract for deeds that we do. And what's a contract for deed is basically saying, Benjamin, you're going to buy the land from me. You're going to pay, you know, $387 a month for the next 65 months. When you pay off the balance of, I'm just making these numbers up, 15 grand, we will transfer the deed in your name. Uh, we're going to take care of all that, all the processing, all the recording fees. Um, and probably one out of 15 of those we do the buyer will walk away. And I, I found the higher the down payment we collect, the less chances of a default that we'll have. Yeah, because they have put in, uh, you know, significant money in, in the deal. Yes, absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. Nice. How about, uh, you know, if we zoom, you know, zoom back out, you know, uh, you mentioned about uh, t like 2008, 2007, 2008, right? There's a, there's a reset like on on your on your end, how do you see you know the recent you know market change in terms of you know Fed raising interest rate and things like that? Does that impact you as much as you know most of other real estate deal? Uh, just recently with this in interest rate increase, did that impact mm -hmm. us? Absolutely, because we actually had to increase our interest rate from nine percent to twelve percent because some of these bigger, larger deals that I'm doing where I was get I was borrowing the money at like six percent. Now I'm paying 10%. So, and here's the cool part about it is I'm buying this land. It's worth 90,000. I'm borrowing only 30,000. And that's all I'm paying for that land. So I'm basically getting at 33 cents on the dollar. So if I borrow $30,000 at 10% income or 10% interest and I sell the land to, you know, Billy the buyer for what it's worth at $90,000. 12% interest, it's a positive arbitrage. I'm only paying 10% right. interest on 30 grand. Billy the buyer is being, paying, you know, 12% interest on 90 grand. So it's a, mm, it's I a see. great cash flow. Way better right. than so any rental. <laughs> right, exactly. As long as you got a better in interest rate than, than, um, what you get for the debt. Yeah. Right? And that's, it's just, that's where you profit. It's smaller debt. You know, I'm only borrowing 30. I'm seller financing 90. All oh, right. Exactly, exactly. So the bigger principle, you will give you a bigger. Exactly. I could even pay a higher interest rate on yeah. the thirty. If I'm yeah. doing the ninety, I could probably charge only you know the same exact amount, ten mm -hmm. percent, and it would still be a positive arbitrage. I see. 
is there is there vacancy or you know is there lands that uh, just sit there for some times and it's not you know profiting for you guys? Yeah, we've had a few of those, um, and it's usually when I'm in a buying spree. Uh, we have seasons. Some seasons we'll be selling more than what we can buy. Some seasons we'll be buying more than we could sell. And I feel like this land business is very cyclical. Um, there was a couple months ago where I could not get land fast enough. And then guess what happened? My my sales specialist, she ended up retiring. Um, she got into a car accident and she just needed to take care of herself. Well, we stayed on that buy mode as fast as we were selling it. And guess what? We accumulated a bunch more than what we sold. So now we're in the process of sell mode with my company. I got a brand new land sales specialist. Uh, he's getting trained. He's doing really well. So it's always like we're either a little bit ahead or a little bit behind at all times. I wish there was a way that we can level out. So some of this land I've now been sitting on for three or four months. And I told my land sales specialist yesterday while we were doing training, just get the stuff sold. Because if we're holding on to it, it's not make it's a negative it's a it's a it's a liability because right. we're paying the taxes like we could be using this money in other places so yeah it happens but when i was just doing one onesies and twosies land deals i wouldn't have it more than 30 days most of it wow okay i i, I didn't recognize the uh you know the, the the transaction for land is so so short i mean 30 days doesn't sound bad at all well, when you sell or finance it, or you either do like I did where I would assign the contract. Right. Um, if I didn't have the cash to purchase the land, I would get it under contract and then assign my contract to a builder or a buyer. Um, and I would find these guys with signs and Craigslist and Facebook. I would put it everywhere. I don't play around when mm -hmm. it comes to marketing something. I make sure it's everywhere, omnipresent, because mm -hmm. I want everybody to see it. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, and it's and when you offer the financing when you offer someone an easy, affordable monthly payment, it makes the, the, the transaction happen so much quicker. Sounds good. Um, one other thing that you talk about, or basically your website uh, talk about, is the passive income through vacant land. Yeah. Is that a cash flow that you're talking about that you, when you own a certain land or you know the vacant land can make some sort of passive in income? Yeah, that's... Um... It's truly passive because, you know, with my rentals, we, we had to have managers. Uh, we still do have property managers for our rentals, but they still contact us. There's always something that breaks or leases right. up. Or I just had for my uh, commercial office space, the tenant wants us to pay for a fence to put around the building. And it's in my best interest to communicate with that tenant and provide them what they're looking for because... I want an extended lease. Like I want them to extend their lease because mm -hmm. I want them to be happy in the building. Now land, most of the time, I don't ever hear from the buyer until it's paid off. And, or they say, Hey, can I make an additional payment? Or just, Hey, like, do you have more land? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, so it's truly passive and it goes in my bank account. We have a little over a hundred notes now, basically a note for any of the listeners just getting started. It is, a promissory note. It's a promise to pay, you know, however much a payment is each month for however many months or a certain amount of money. Basically, hey, here's the total amount we're financing for you, $10,000. Um, that's it. That's a note. And they come in, the payments come in sometimes seven or eight times a day uh, because we have over a hundred of these. So that makes it passive, mm -hmm. um, which gives us time freedom. You know, yeah. every time we do a deal, 
we're going to be paid for the next at least six or seven years on that one deal. It's a new cash flow. Yeah, that's it. Cool. Um, you you also mentioned that uh, in the past you have done some rental uh, house hacking, right? Do do you currently own any uh, uh rental portfolio? Like, I mean, it's the uh basically you know residential. Um, absolutely, you do. Absolutely, absolutely. Because here's why: because land and houses work side by side. Usually, if someone's got a piece of land, they might have a house, or if someone's got a house, they might have a piece of land. Uh, grandfather left them, you know, two or three properties. One's a house, one's a vacant raw piece of land, and it might be the land next door. Um, so yeah, we do keep houses. We have our commercial office building that's a rental. Um, we have a 19-unit apartment complex. But here's what's really cool about buildings. You know, the land, I don't get to get the tax benefits because there's nothing to depreciate. It's not providing housing. And the IRS has given us some pretty good loopholes to benefit from, you know, buildings, rentals. Right. So we take the land cash flow and buy another land, another cash flowing asset with that land cash flow. And that's apartments or houses or office. Nice. And then we also get to tax benefits because we get to depreciate the building. So it's almost like a a triple win. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sounds sounds like a a a, a, a perfect business model, right? Basically you're you're able to create cash flow here and using the income from, from this one to fund the other one, right? You basically keep growing. This is fascinating. Um one thing that I have have some curious on is the um, is the courses that that you have listed on your uh, website, the Landshark that you briefly touch on. Um, is there some sort of you know mission or some sort of you know um, uh, motivation that you have drive you to do this? Yeah, I'll tell you. Um, and I'm sorry, I didn't. I was listening the whole time. I was just watching my window. I had to. The coolest bird land on the window just now. I've never, ever seen this bird. It has like an orange bird. Uh, we're in Florida here. But uh, anyhow, I, I was listening, I promise. But the motivation for the land sharks is, you know, I had started a real estate meetup, you know, a couple of years ago. And I've been training people now for free for many years um, and having coffee and lunches. And I can't tell you how many messages I would get from people. Hey, can I take you out to coffee and pick your brain? Can I take you out to lunch and pick your brain? And sometimes these people wouldn't even pay for the lunch. I would end up paying. Um, and a, a coach of mine, a mentor of mine just kept saying, Brent, you really need to start teaching people how to do this. Like he saw what I was doing in land. Mm -hmm. um, he saw the passive income. You know, for instance, like we just, we just sold a piece of land last Friday. And we also sold one that previous Monday. And each one of those parcels, one I think was like for three ninety five a month, the other one was two hundred a month. Let's just say that those were both only two hundred a month. The one on Monday and the one on Friday. That week alone, we just added four hundred dollars a month to our passive income. If we did that every single week for that whole month, let's just say four weeks in a month, mm -hmm. we're adding four, eight, twelve, sixteen. So we're adding sixteen hundred dollars a month. Every if we did this every single month for the twelve month period, we would be adding sixteen hundred a month. Let's just say we only did it for ten months for easy math. Mm -hmm. We now have an additional sixteen grand a month coming in every single month. That's so that flow. changed my yeah, that's cash flow. And now guess what we're doing with that cash flow? We're bought, we're buying more land, and 
we're buying buildings with it. So now the second deal is going to cash flow as well. Let's just say it's a one unit bedroom apartment, one bedroom apartment. It's going to cash flow is 400 a month. Mm-hmm. Now we're up to what, you know, 16,400, but now we have tax deductions. We have appreciation as this building goes up in value. Mm-hmm. Our tenants are paying down the mortgage. So it's just a, a win, win, win. So I was doing this with my life. It changed my life. It allowed me to get out of the military, allowed me to be with my, my family every single day and do what I want to do. I took Monday off yesterday mm-hmm. and I'm taking Friday off as well. So it gave me time freedom and financial freedom. It gave me geography freedom. I now live in Florida. There's virtually no competition in this business and it's easy and it's simple. So my coach, Tom Kroll, my mentor, he said, Brent, you really have to start teaching people how to do this. And I said, I am. I'm already teaching people. And he said, how many people are actually taking the steps that you're teaching? And I was like, you know what? Nobody. And he's like, how much time is that taking me? I was like, Oh my goodness, I don't even want to calculate it. He's like, you absolutely have to start charging. And it's for two reasons. One, to pay for your time. And two, for those people to take you seriously. And I started charging from that day on. And I started having students that had success. And I then then it started taking even more of my time. And I was like, oh my goodness, I was one-on-one training 16 people. And that's how we created this course called The Land Sharks. And that 16 people taught me what would, what it would do, to, how to make a successful land student mm-hmm. to get them successful. Because what I thought it was, was not it. The questions they would ask, that's how we built the course. And then I built the modules with the action steps. And then we now do a weekly support call where we answer the questions. And then I have a, a guy named William Rafter, Bill Rafter. He's amazing. He helps me with all the support questions on a daily basis because like Benjamin, I can give you the steps. But I can't, like, I can't say in a video what's what you're gonna have to do if mm-hmm. there's a perk test required or the realtor says this. Yeah. But I can show you on a call that we do every single week. Yeah, I, I can really resonate with what you just said. You know, until until you start teaching, you will recognize what are the questions you should start answering. Right? I mean, otherwise you're just putting out the contents that you think to be. Um, useful and helpful and you know until you really teaching people people would give you the the question that's not yet covering your content those are the value oh my goodness that's so good yeah and i had to change the videos i re-recorded the videos so many times until i answered all those questions that i was getting so brent would you uh say uh because many of our audience they may just came out of schools they're they're young, they're new to the real estate industry. What would you tell them? Like, what, 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 what's the best advice that you would give them? One, pick the path that you want to go with, whether it be mobile homes, land, apartment complexes. I know you're a realist. I know you buy it. You do multifamily. Whether, whatever that path is, find someone that's already doing it. Model them. Either pay them to model them or work for them for free, do whatever it takes, pick that path and take consistent steps every single day to, to achieve that. Take action. That's really it. Action, action, action. And when you're tired, take even more action. Did you, uh, did you, uh, find a mentor, um, you know, purposely or did you just happen to meet your mentor 
right? Because this is a frequent question that people ask. Like, like, where can I get a mentor? Just look up on the internet. Like, people who speak the loudest, are, are they really means the best mentor? Yeah, I'll tell you. I was searching the internet and I was searching podcasts, and that's where I found Tom Kroll with Wholesaling Inc. And I'm now a Wholesaling Inc. coach. That's what the Land Sharks is underneath. We're underneath Wholesaling Inc. We have the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. Um, now I have a mentor for so many different things. Uh, that was what introduced me to the world of mentorship back in t- or early 2016. Um, and then ultimately that guy that I heard on that podcast that was flipping the land um, and quadrupling his money and like overnight, I think I made over a little over $200,000 in land. And then I hired that guy as well as a one-on-one coach because I knew that he was way further ahead than I was, you know, he'd been doing it for like, what, 20 something years. I knew there was more things he could teach me, not just from the podcast. So now I have a mentor for, for physical fitness. I have a mentor for nutrition. I have a mentor for business. I have a mentor for real estate. Dolph the Rue mentored me on commercial real estate. Let me ask you one question, uh, because this is a frequent question I get was, um, if, if you're able to, to, well, if your mentors are making good money, why would they, uh, let you hire them? Why would they care about the money? You, pay them? you know what? It's not about the money for any of these mentors that I've found. Um, it is about just giving back. Um, and it's about, and if you'll find some of the richest, wealthiest people you'll ever find are probably some of the most giving people. You know, it's that perfect example. I don't know who used this example, but if you're watching this, like my fist is closed. I'm going to try and put this little, I got a little piece of candy I had before this. I'm going to try and put this candy wrapper in my hand. It just keeps falling out. Well, now my hand's open. I'm going to put my, I'm going to try and put it in my hand now and it stays in. Money flows out, money flows back in. But if your hand is clenched, nothing can get into it. And that's what wealthy people know. Some of the most successful wealthy people know is if your hand's open, money's going to come out. Money's going to definitely come in. Um, you just you just want to give. And another perfect example, me and my son this morning, we're at, we're at uh, um, Cracker Barrel for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And some sweet lady just paid our bill. Like she doesn't even know me. I didn't know who it was. She just paid our bill. And it made me feel like so amazing. Like, I wanted to just cry because, like, that was so nice of her. Um, and that's what wealthy people. No, heck no. And you know what? You know who also benefited from that? Was that sweet lady that paid for my bill. Because I bet you she walked out of there feeling good. Mm-hmm. So that's why people do it. That's why rich people teach, um, you know, some of the wealthiest people. Because we've already taken care of the expenses the bills mm-hmm. like our household is covered our food is covered so we don't really need more money mm-hmm. but we need friends <laughs> and i do i do deals with the, some of these people these land sharks that i've now trained that i i would have never had access to these properties like one of these guys is in my market and he got 28 lots under contracts like i would have never known about that if it wasn't for him interesting you know um I think this is this is also um, a, a consistent, you know, answer that I get from most of our guests, right? Creating the value to a level that you know 
um, you can give back to the communities. That is not about money. That is about like like how you how you really um, care about what you have put in work to, and and basically how you help you know other people who are sharing the same interest with you. Right. Well, yeah. great content, uh, Brent. I, I really appreciate uh, our conversation today. Um, there are two uh, questions that we we asked all our uh, guests. One is the books. Is there any books, or do you even read books? I do read books. <laughs> is there any recommended books that you want to uh, share with our audience that you know impact your life or you know would change people's life? Yeah, two books. I really love The Wealthy Gardener by John Sofork. The book I'm reading right now, um, one of the books, I'm usually reading about five books at one, one time. Um, <laughs> uh, but one of the ones that's standing out to me right now is a physical book I'm currently reading in my, my hand. I also listen to Audible, so I'll have usually two or three books going, but it's called Risk and Grow Rich by Kendra Todd. Um, it's an older book and I'm just really loving the concepts. Kendra, she was, she, she's a real estate investor. She won the apprentice, um, but it's just some of the concepts she's using about risk, calculated risk, um, are just really touching me. And I'm looking back at my past 10 years and it's like, you know what? When I really learned was when I was uncomfortable, you know, and taking a little bit of a calculated risk. Um, I would have never learned if I didn't step out and just take the risk. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, is there another one that you're saying or just the, just this one? The Wealthy Gardener uh, by John Sofork. I love it. It's a it's a story about a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. Um, that was his main profession. And he just, for his lifetime, he basically ac- accumulated real estate. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just such a beautiful story. Nice. Nice. Okay. Last question, Brent. Is there, like, how, how can people find you? Um, is there an email or you know website that we uh, we will include that in our you know podcast note if you're listening, or we're going to include that in the basically uh, uh, YouTube video down below? Yeah, I'll tell you. Please don't ever email me because I'm really bad about looking at my emails. I've given that up a long time ago. It's one of those things I know I'm never going to be good at, uh, <laughs> and I do what I do best, and I hire people to do the rest most of it. Um, but if you want to find me, you know, look up YouTube, go on YouTube and look up Brent Bowers. Um, if you want to schedule a call, you know, my team, see, see if real estate is a good fit for you or land, head on over to the landsharks.com and schedule a call. Great. Brent, great content. Thanks again. Um, we're going to, uh, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to invite you back uh, in the near future to talk more about your success. I really like your story. Um, your story gives great, great energy to our audience for sure. Thanks again for your time, Brent. Thank you, Benjamin. Hi, everyone. What's your highlight of the week? Thank you for joining us again tonight. This is MIT Podcast. MIT stands for Mindset into Transformation. I'm Benjamin Huang, your host tonight. Here we have conversation with people who have done extraordinary things in their life, how their mindset shift to help them achieve it. We discuss their story of success and the mindset that drive them into achieving the impossible. I hope you enjoyed the episode today.